0: Jesus, our Savior and Friend. The Book of Luke by John M. Fowler. Edited for audio by the Ambassador Group. Exploration 7 Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and Prayer.
1: So I say to you ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you for everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be opened luke chapter 11 verses 9 and 10 new king james version of the three synoptic gospels luke speaks more often than do the others about jesus relationship to the holy spirit while Matthew refers to the Spirit twelve times, and Mark does so six times, Luke has seventeen references in his Gospel, and fifty-seven in the book of Acts. From the conception of Jesus into humanity, Luke, chapter 1, verse 35, to the directive establishing his global mission, Luke, chapter 24, verses 44-49. through 49. Luke sees an operational link between Jesus and the Holy Spirit. The link is basic to understanding the ministry of our Savior. Likewise, Luke shows the importance of prayer in Jesus' life and ministry. Fully divine, equal with the Father and the Spirit, Jesus in His humanity left us an example in regard to prayer. If Jesus saw the need for prayer, how much more must we need it? These are the words of Ellen G. White in her book, Steps to Christ, on page 95. Without unceasing prayer
0: and diligent watching, we are in danger of growing careless and of deviating from the right path. The adversary seeks continually to obstruct the way to the mercy seat, that we may not by earnest supplication and faith obtain grace and power to resist temptation. Jesus and the Holy Spirit.
1: As a Gentile convert and a missionary companion of the Apostle Paul, Luke viewed the entire Christological entrance into history, from Jesus' incarnation to his ascension and to the spread of the church, as a divine wonder brought about and guided by the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 22 say, Now, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying that heaven was opened, and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in thee I am well pleased. In Jesus' life, we see the whole Godhead at work in our redemption. God, the Father, the Voice, Jesus, the Beloved Son, being baptized, and the Holy Spirit, a bodily shape looking like a dove, and through his constant references to the Holy Spirit, Luke emphasizes this point. What do the following verses tell us about the role of the Holy Spirit in Christ's coming here in human flesh? Luke chapter 1. for with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And Mary arose in those days, and went into the hill country with haste, into a city of Judah, and entered into the house of Zacharias, and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, The babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 32. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people Israel. Jesus' mission began with several references to the Holy Spirit. According to Luke, John the Baptist predicted that although he baptized with water, the one who would follow him would baptize with the Spirit. Luke chapter 3, verse 16. At Jesus' baptism, Both the Father and the Holy Spirit affirmed the authenticity of His redemptive mission. God the Father declared from above that Christ is His beloved Son, sent to redeem humankind, while the Holy Spirit descended upon Him in the form of a dove. Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 22. As we heard before, Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 22 say, Now, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in thee I am well pleased. From then on, Luke chapter 4, verse 1, New King James Version says that Jesus was, quote, filled with the Holy Spirit and ready to take on the foe in the desert, as well as to begin his ministry according to Luke chapter 4, verse 14, which says, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. The opening words of his Nazareth sermon were an application of Isaiah's messianic prophecy to himself. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, verse 18, New King James Version. The Spirit was his constant companion, his affirming strength. And John chapter 16, verses 5 through 7, say that Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would actually be his abiding presence among his followers when Jesus would no longer be in their midst. John chapter 16, verses 5 through 7, reports Jesus' words to his disciples. But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asketh me, whither goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Not only that, Luke chapter 11, verse 13, says that Jesus promised that God would give the gift of the Spirit to those who ask for it. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? The Spirit that always linked Christ to His Father and the redemptive mission is the same Spirit that would strengthen the disciples in their journey of faith. That is why the Holy Spirit in the Christian life is so important, and why Luke chapter 12 verse 10 says that blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is the gravest of all sins. And whosoever shall speak a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him, but unto him that blasphemeth against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven. Friend, what are the practical ways you can open yourself to the leading of the Holy Spirit? In other words, how can you be careful that your choices are not in any way hardening you to His voice?
0: Prayer Life of Jesus.
1: Among the many times that Jesus prayed, some are recorded only in Luke. There are six events that show Jesus in prayer during great moments in his life. Number one, Jesus prayed at his baptism. Luke chapter 3, verse 21. Now, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, The heaven was opened.
0: A new and important era was opening before him. He was now, upon a wider stage, entering on the conflict of his life.
1: The words of Ellen G. White in her classic book, The Desire of Ages, page 111. He dared not begin that wider stage of his public ministry, which would take him eventually to Calvary's cross without prayer. Number 2. Jesus prayed before choosing his twelve disciples. Luke chapter 6, verses 12 and 13. And it came to pass in those days, that he went out into a mountain to pray, and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, and of them he chose twelve whom He also named Apostles. No leader chooses His followers haphazardly, but Jesus was not just selecting followers, but choosing those who would understand and identify completely with His person and His mission.
0: Their office was the most important to which human beings had ever been called, and was second only to that of Christ Himself.
1: That was Ellen G. White in her book, The Desire of Ages, page 291. Number 3. Jesus Prayed for His Disciples Luke chapter 9, verse 19 And it came to pass, as he was alone praying, his disciples were with him, and he asked them, saying, Whom say the people that I am? Discipleship demands absolute commitment to Jesus. And an understanding of his identity, in order that the twelve might know who he was. Jesus was alone praying, and then after that he challenged them with the crucial question Who do you say that I am? Number four, Jesus prayed before his transfiguration. Luke chapter 9, verses 28 through 36 say, And it came to pass. About an eight days after these sayings, he took Peter and James and John and went up into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered, and his raiment was white and glistening. And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elias, who appeared in glory and spake of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. But Peter and they that were with him were heavy with sleep, and when they were awake they saw his glory, and the two men that stood with him. And it came to pass, as they departed from him, Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias, not knowing what he said. While he thus spake, there came a cloud and overshadowed them. And they feared as they entered into the cloud, and there came a voice out of the cloud, saying, This is my beloved Son, hear him. And when the voice was passed, Jesus was found alone, and they kept it close, and told no man in those days any of those things which they had seen. Yes, Jesus prayed before his transfiguration, and obtained for himself heaven's second endorsement that He is God's beloved Son. Trials thus far and trials to come could not change the closest affinity between the Father and the Son. The prayer also resulted in the disciples becoming eyewitnesses of His majesty, as Peter writes in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 16, New King James Version. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables, when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Number five, Jesus prayed in Gethsemane. Luke chapter 22, verses 39 to 46. And Jesus came out and went, as he wont, to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow, and said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. This is perhaps the most important prayer in the history of salvation. Here we have the Savior linking heaven and earth. And by so doing, he establishes three crucial principles. The primacy of God's will and purpose. The commitment to fulfilling that primacy, even at the risk of blood and death. And the strength to overcome every temptation along the way towards fulfilling God's purpose. Number 6. Jesus prayed, committing his life into God's hands. Luke chapter 23, verse 46. In his final words on the cross, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. New King James Version. Jesus gives us the ultimate purpose of prayer. At birth or at death, before enemies or friends, while asleep or awake, prayer must keep us in a permanent linkage with God. Friend, what does Jesus' prayer life tell you about your own prayer life? Are you connected to your Heavenly Father? Do you pray before making small and big decisions, even in your business? Do you pray for your own family and your church family? Do you pray for God's will to become reality in your life? Have you committed your life into God's hands The Model Prayer Part 1 Luke chapter 11 verses 1 through 4 How do these verses help you to understand how prayer works And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, For we also forgive every one that is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Father is Christ's favorite way of describing God, and is so recorded at least 170 times in the four Gospels. In addressing God as our Father, we acknowledge that God is a person capable of the most intimate relationship with humans. God is as personal, as real, as loving, and as caring as a human Father. But He is the Father in Heaven. He is different from our earthly Father, for He is omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, and perfectly holy. The phrase, Father in Heaven, forever reminds us that god is holy and personal and that christianity is neither a mere philosophic idea nor a pantheistic notion of a god who is everything hallowed be your name luke chapter 11 verse 2 new king james version here we have another reminder of the holiness and sacredness of god those who claim to follow the lord must sanctify his name in word and deed. To claim to follow him and yet to sin against him is to defile that name. The words of Jesus in Matthew 7, verses 21 through 23 can help us better understand what it means to follow God's name. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Your kingdom come. Luke chapter 11, verse 2, New King James Version. The Gospels refer to the kingdom of God more than 100 times. Nearly 40 in Luke, nearly 50 in Matthew, 16 in Mark, and 3 in John. It is what Jesus came to reveal and establish, both in the present reality of the kingdom of grace and in the future promise of the kingdom of glory. Without entering the first kingdom, there would be no entry into the second, And it is the Savior's wish that his disciples should experience the first kingdom of grace in anticipation of the second kingdom, the kingdom of glory. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Luke chapter 11, verse 2, New King James Version. The will of God is recognized and obeyed in heaven. Jesus takes that fact and converts it into a hope that such will be the case on earth as well. On earth suggests not generality, but particularity. Let the will of God be done on earth, but let it begin with us, with me, personally. Do you know the Lord, or just about Him? In what ways can your prayer life be more open and honest with Him, and more obedient to his word. The Model Prayer, Part 2 Give us day by day. Our daily bread. Luke chapter 11, verse 3, New King James Version. The petition begins with the word give. Whether the word comes from the lips of a millionaire or an orphan in perpetual want, the prayer is at once an expression of dependence and acknowledgement of trust. We are all dependent on God. And the imperative plea, give forces us to recognize that God is the source of all gifts. He is the Creator. In Him, we live, move, and have our being. It is He who has made us, and not we ourselves. Psalm, chapter 100, verse 3, New King James Version. God is the Father who gives us all that we need. In light of this promise, what grand assurance can you find in Luke chapter 11, verses 9 through 13? Listen. And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh, receiveth, and he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Forgive us our sins. Luke chapter 11 verse 4 New King James Version Forgiveness is at the heart of the gospel without God's forgiveness we have no salvation you being dead in your sins hath he quickened together with him having forgiven you all trespasses Colossians chapter 2 verse 13 Those who have experienced God's forgiveness must reach out and embrace anyone who may have wronged them. The prayer to forgive as we also forgive, Luke chapter 11, verse 4, New King James Version, does not mean that God's forgiveness is dependent upon our forgiving others. Rather, our forgiven status demands that, as disciples, we must ever live within the widening circle of grace-receiving God's benevolence on the one hand, and also extending his love and forgiveness to others who may have offended us. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us. Luke chapter 11, verse 4, New King James Version. Two facts need to be noted first, temptation is not a sin. The Greek word for temptation is pirosmos, Greek nouns that end in osmos. Normally describe a process, not a product. the scriptures do not look at temptation as a finished product; it is a method, a process used to achieve a particular product. Although temptation is not sin, yielding to it is second James chapter one, verse thirteen, affirms that God is not the author of temptation. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. God may allow temptations to come, but he never tempts in the sense of alluring one to sin. Prayer, therefore, is recognition that God is the source of ultimate strength to resist the evil one. Let's listen to Luke. Chapter 11, verses 1 through 4, altogether. As you are listening, think about all the issues it covers. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive every one that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Friend, in what ways can your experience with each of these issues Be enriched and deepened through fervent prayer. More Lessons on Prayer Immediately after giving His disciples a model prayer, Jesus taught them, through the parable of a friend at midnight. Luke chapter 11, verses 5-13. through 13, The need for persistent prayer. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend? And shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he Within shall answer and say unto him, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will ye offer him a scorpion? If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Then, as he neared the end of his ministry, he reminded his followers of the need for penitence and humility in prayer in Luke chapter eighteen verses nine through fourteen. Or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For every one that exalteth himself shall be abased. And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Both of these parables show that prayer is not just a religious routine, but a persistent walking, talking, and living with the Father. Again, consider Jesus' words in Luke chapter 11, verses 5 through 8. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight? and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, my children are with me in bed, I cannot arise and and give thee. I say unto you, Though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet Because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. Jesus told this parable to encourage perseverance in prayer. Prayer should not become a routine. Instead, prayer should be the foundation of a relationship of absolute, persistent, and continual reliance on God. Prayer is the breath of the soul. Without it, We are spiritually dead. Jesus tells the parable of a neighbor who refuses to be neighborly. The continuous pleas of his friend for a loaf of bread to meet a midnight emergency go in vain. But, finally, even such a neighbor gives up and yields to the persistence of the continuous midnight knocks. How much more would God be towards someone persistent in prayer? Such persistence is not to change God's mind, but to strengthen our trust. Let's listen to Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14 one more time. What's the crucial lesson you hear about prayer? And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men... Went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice a week, I give tithes of all I possess. And the publican standing afar off, would not even lift so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified, rather than the other, for every one that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. The Pharisee expected God to endorse him on the basis of what he had done, his works of righteousness. The publican threw himself at God's mercy and pleaded for acceptance on the basis of God's grace. God's acceptance comes to us not on the basis of who or what we are, but through His grace alone. Only those who are penitent, humble, and broken in spirit can receive that grace.
0: Meekness and lowliness are the conditions at the foot of the
1: cross. The words of Ellen G. White, this time from her book entitled Prophets and Kings, page 590. People who have not known the Lord tend to compare themselves to those who are supposedly worse than they are, all in order to convince themselves that they are not so bad. Why is that such a spiritual deception? What does it matter if others are worse than you are?
0: Continue exploring the soul that turns to God for its help, its support, its power by daily earnest prayer will have noble aspirations, clear perceptions of truth and duty, lofty purposes of action, and a continual hungering and thirsting after righteousness by maintaining a connection with God we shall be enabled to diffuse to others through our association with them the light, the peace, the serenity that rule in our hearts. The strength acquired in prayer to God, united with persevering effort in training the mind in thoughtfulness and caretaking, prepares one for daily duties and keeps the spirit in peace under all circumstances.
1: LNG White. From her hope-filled book thoughts from the mount of blessings page 85 on page 105 of the same book she says
0: in calling god our father we recognize all his children as our brethren we are all a part of the great web of humanity all members of one family in our petitions we are to include our neighbors as well as ourselves. No one prays aright who seeks a blessing for himself alone.
1: Okay, now for a few thoughts to ponder. In what ways is the very act of prayer itself an acknowledgement of your dependence on God and need of Him? Luke chapter 18 verse 9 reveals a deep spiritual problem. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves, that they were righteous, and despised others, trusting in one's own righteousness instead of God's righteousness, despising other people whom they assumed and misjudged were less righteous than they were. Luke's linking of Jesus and the Holy Spirit does not end with his gospel alone. No one can read the book of Acts, Luke's second volume for the history of the Christian church, without noting the compelling dynamic of the Holy Spirit in the life of the Christian community, its missions, and its ministers. Did you know that only Luke records Jesus' post-resurrection instruction to his disciples to stay in Jerusalem until, according to Luke chapter 24, verse 49, New King James Version, they are endued with the power from on high, before they could go to the ends of the earth with a message of the crucified and risen Savior. Luke then begins the book of Acts with Jesus repeating the promise of the Holy Spirit. This is what Luke said in Acts chapter 1 verse 7 and 8. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. The promise was fulfilled at Pentecost. Acts chapter 2 says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together, and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed, and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? Verse 8. And hear how we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Parthians, and Medes, and Elamites, and the dwellers in Mesopotamia, and in Judea, and Cappadocia, and Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, in Egypt, and in the parts of Libya about Cyrene, and strangers of Rome, Jews, and proselytes, Cretes, and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed, and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others, mocking, said, These men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken unto my words. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing as it is but the third hour of the day. Verse 16. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God. I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before the great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass, that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ye men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth. because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Verse 26. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He seeing this before spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know, assuredly, that God hath made the same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, even as many as are the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about three thousand souls. Verse 42, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together, and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men, as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. What does all this tell you about the central role of the Holy Spirit in the life of the church?
0: ambassadorgroup.org This media was brought to you by AudioVerse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about AudioVerse,